Hello there. You're listening to Manufacturing Tomorrow, brought to you by the Ohio Manufacturing Institute at The Ohio State University. I'm Katherine Kelly, your host. Today, we are speaking with Kelly Rio, Executive Director of the Center for Operational Excellence at The Ohio State University Fisher College of Business. Kelly joined the center in 2018, bringing over 20 years of management and consulting experience to her role. She has served as a program and project manager on many strategic initiatives for large organizations across a variety of industries, finance, banking, manufacturing, retail, and higher education, from NYSource to L Brands. She has led teams in strategy development, business process improvement, technology implementation, and change facilitation. Most recently, she spent 14 years at Navigator Management Partners, now ABAP, where she was Vice President of Operations and Marketing. She has a bachelor's degree in management information systems from Ohio State and a marketing management certification from the Harvard Extension School. Additionally, Kelly is currently enrolled in the Master Business Operational Excellence Program at Ohio State's Fisher College of Business. Kelly, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. Would you provide our listeners with an overview of the Center for Operational Excellence and its unique membership model? Sure. Um, COE is an industry outreach organization located inside Fisher. So while uh, most faculty and staff at the university are busy uh, educating students, uh, you know, at grad and, and undergrad, um, we're looking outward and engaging with businesses. Uh, so we have a membership model, as you said, um, and these companies pay uh, a moderate annual fee, which is considered a gift to the university, which is nice. Um, we have about 34 member companies right now in our consortium. Uh, these include like Abbott, Cardinal Health, Nationwide, uh, Huntington, Grange, Scotts, DHL, AEP, Honda, Anheuser-Busch, uh, to name a few. Uh, but they're, you know, they're all at different points on their operational excellence journey and are looking to build uh, and sustain a culture of problem solving and continuous improvement. So that's what we focus on. Um, as part of their membership, we connect them with faculty and uh, research students and each other uh, primarily uh, to do some sharing and benchmarking. That's a really important part of what we do. Uh, and then we host 20 member only events a year, although that's increased a little bit since we're kind of pivoting to do uh, weekly webinars these days. But uh, we usually do 20 in-person events, uh, and these are on a variety of, of operational excellence topics with speakers um, that are top researchers and authors, leading experts and, uh, and executive leaders. So, uh, you know, I guess in a nutshell, it's the access and the programming that we provide is, is a really uh, a special kind of network and ecosystem that we've built. Uh, and being a part of that network is... Um, more important than ever these days. I mean, I know our members have been really leaning on and learning from each other uh, during these tough times. So we've, we've really enjoyed seeing that. Um, you know, we've said for years that the pace of change is, is speeding up and oh boy, you know, it's never been more true than today. But, um, you know, with all this change, the one thing that, that separates companies that thrive is their ability to uh, adapt. And the companies, you know, with the ability to, adap to adapt have really um, that one thing in common, which is, is their culture of problem solving and continuous improvement. So they're able to kind of reflect and look at that uh, and have a culture that does that. So that's what we see um, as people thriving right now. And so we, you know, partner with our member companies um, and by learning from each other and, and them accessing all the resources available to them at, at Ohio State and attending our programming um, and events, our member companies have uh, the support that they need to kind of chart that path to excellence um, and building resilience and adaptability, you know, in this ever-changing, you know, world. 
And as I've told you, I, I, I think it's one of the, the, the better membership models that, uh, that I've seen. So um, thank you. When it That's comes nice. to, uh, definitely. <laughs> um, when it uh, comes to um, what companies, co how companies come into the center, uh, you said they're at different levels. So what are some of the most common pain points that, that, uh, that they bring? Yeah. So, you know, prior to the, the current pandemic, you know, we had a lot of members that came to us with, you know, labor challenges. So, you know, and particularly manufacturing. Um, so in that job market, you know, just a, a few months ago, you know, they're competing with Amazon and others um, and typically not running at full capacity due to that labor shortage. Um, and to be competitive, they had to get really creative. And so we did a series on, um, you know, where we had some faculty come and speak about sort of the latest in talent management and culture and employee retention. Um, and then in the afternoon, we had NYSource uh, present about how those best practices are playing out in real life for them. That's kind of the, the model that we have with our events as we do kind of an author or, or expert and then um, uh, industry speaker uh, to follow up uh, again to show kind of what's happening in real life. Um, and, you know, and then we did some benchmarking or a benchmarking session a couple of weeks later with a local manufacturer um, engineered profiles. And they talked about how they are using, um, you know, getting really creative with their hiring and using um, some folks out of the, the prison system and a work program there, then getting some amazing results, which was great for that company and the community and everything. So lots of, um, Lots of different ideas came out of that, you know, and of course, we're also hearing a lot about digitization and, and emerging technologies. Um, that's always, always a hot topic. So, um, our, and our member companies span a pretty wide range of, of industries and, and degree of automation. So, even in, in manufacturing, which is I know, what you guys focus on, I mean, we have some, some kind of older school uh, companies that, that, that still have, um, you know, quite a bit of, of uh, labor, and then we have some that are, are quite automated. And so, they're looking to learn from each other, you know, what's, where to invest, what's working, what's, um, what's not working, what are others doing. And so we do a lot where we're putting people together and we did a program focused on um, emerging technologies and industry 4.0 with um, Dan Newman, who's the author of Human Machine. Um, and he talks a lot about, you know, the, the future of our partnership with machines um, presented on how we will work symbiotically with machines eventually and discuss how the world's top companies are already doing that and thriving. Um, so he, and he showed a lot, you know, talked a lot about best practices. So I know that was, um, was great for our members. And then we, in the afternoon we had um, COE associate director, Dr. John Gray, who hosted kind of a TEDx style talk um, with, with several different companies that talked about like robotic process automation, 3d printing, augmented reality in, in, uh, in the warehouse, and then artificial intelligence. Um, and we had folks represented there from Honda, Anheuser-Busch, Relics, and DHL. They all presented on those topics, and, and each one took, took a specific topic and talked about how that's working for them in their warehouse. So that's, that's been definitely an important topic and will continue to be. Yes, I, was, uh, I actually interviewed uh, Dan Newman. He, um, he, oh, that's he right, is, yeah. uh, yes, he blew my mind. So it's yeah. just uh, full of full of energy, full of ideas, and uh, I, I'm sure that the membership really en enjoyed it. Yeah, and he and was great because a lot. Yeah, he he was great because he didn't um, he definitely didn't didn't go with the theme. You know, the the machines are taking over the world. You know, it was a it was a really um, I think a very hopeful look at the way you know we will all inter engage with uh, with machines. 
And once the um, once the companies are involved with the center, whether it's in with a webinar or with the summit or uh, as part of your membership, you know, what have you uh, learned about some of the continuous projects that they've integrated into their daily operations based on what they've learned at the center? Do you have any favorites or uh, any any themes that have come out of, of that? Yeah, it's hard for me to say for sure, um, you know, it, what all is, is taken back, you know, from, from the, the, what we provide, but, you know, we are really focused on gearing our programming to be as relevant and as immediately actionable as possible. Um, and we provide our event attendees with a discussion guide after every event to kind of help bring back that topic to their teams and help them drive that discussion to, to, to apply the learnings from that session. Um, we hear that's been really helpful. Um, we're also sometimes directly involved by connecting student groups to member companies. So we're a matchmaker of sorts and, and put, put um, students together with, uh, with our member companies quite a bit. And, you know, one... Uh, was a factory floor layout and flow project at Willowwood. Um, they're a prosthetics manufacturer in Mount Sterling, Ohio, and they're a fascinating company. Um, I think the students made some really great recommendations that um, that made a lasting impact uh, at that company. My favorite um, case study, though, I think is a project that involved uh, collaboration across multiple member companies of, of COE. So that was Cardinal Health, HICMA Pharmaceuticals, and Nationwide Children's. Um, they did an extended value stream mapping project um, and, then, and then presented it at a COE event, uh, the summary in, in, of this collaboration. It was amazing. They, you know, they shared that through GEMBAs and some process mapping and cross-functional discussion and research, um, that project team identified um, lots of disruption to their product information and communication flow. Um, that was really responsible for a variety of issues. Um, you know, we didn't hear a ton of the detail, but I mean, it was it was just, uh, it was impressive. And the results included, you know, not only a better understanding of the challenges um, and the opportunities across those businesses, um, but also how to kind of keep an open communication environment. So it changed everything for them um, and, and really impacted their, you know, supply chain metrics and, and reduced lead time in a way that they couldn't have done in silos, you know, so to see them work together um, across that extended uh, supply chain and value stream was was really amazing. So it's a unique end-to-end, -end, uh, you know, value stream case that I think, you know, will really serve as a springboard to kind of further that discussion on how supply chain partnerships can be leveraged um, and, and to sustain that continuous improvement, you know, for them. And then because they shared it, uh, it really, you know, I think left an impact to, uh, you know, on our other members who, who saw that and are looking for opportunities to do the same. So it was amazing. It was truly, you know, OPEX at its best. That sounds really impactful. And, uh, you know, especially now with what we're uh, dealing with with the supply chain, it sounds like, you know, that definitely put them in a good place. Um, so, you know, you, you talked previously about some of the, um, the, the disruptive technologies that are, are uh, entering the, uh, the workplace and, uh, of course, manufacturing is, is full of advanced technologies that have become integrated into, um, into their processes, you know, whether it's Internet of Things, Industry 4.0, whatever, Smart Factory, whatever you want to call it. And uh, what do you see as operational excellence's contribution uh, that helps companies accomplish their goals uh, in the midst of, of all of this? How can, uh, you know, what are some things that, that companies can do to make themselves more agile and fluid? 
Yeah, I mean, I think two fundamental aspects of operational excellence are standardized work and visual management. So, um, you know, and ironically, I think these can be the first things forgotten um, in, in digital transformation. Um, and so agility and fluidity, you know, in, in, your, in your question imply change, but, you know, particularly in manufacturing, we need to be very specific about what's changing and the standards for product and process are, are required. And I think as far as visual management goes, um, it's much more necessary to make um, work visual when it is, you know, otherwise buried in the code and in the, in the technology. So those doing the work may not fully understand the implica implications of, of the change. Um, so both standardized work and visual management are needed, I think, to, you know, more than ever in a digital world. Um, and the concepts of operational excellence um, may seem eternal, but the way uh, they are applied is, is really changing rapidly. Um, and so it's, a, it's an exciting time to be in operations. Um, so we talked about uh, some of your members being manufacturing firms and in light of COVID-19, we can't get through a conversation without COVID-19, right? Uh, <laughs> what, lean and, what lean and other continuous improvement practices have you observed um, that are allowing companies to survive or even you know, be able to pivot and thrive in this challenging climate? Yeah, it's been really interesting to check in with our member companies um, during this totally surreal time. Um, you know, and of course, we're hearing about, you know, all their expanded safety processes um, that they've put in place that includes a lot of, of lean and visual management, you know, um, you know, some typical things I'm sure that, that, that um, we've all been reading about, right, temperature checks and um, some appreciation bonuses, um, sanitation, you know, this is not easy when you're talking about 500,000 plus square, square feet. Um, restructuring the flow of employees, you know, in social distancing, so break areas and cafeterias, um, common areas, uh, the reservation system, even for like common areas, like the elevator. I mean, it's, there's some really sophisticated um, processes, I think, that have been put in place. Lots of separation of people and spaces so um, that they can isolate areas and people when, you know, if, if impacted. Um, shift staggering and, and teams that never overlap. You know, we're just hearing, you know, lots of good examples of that. Uh, another good one is assignment of, of RF and lift equipment to particular user for, you know, for that shift or that day. Um, and then separating, you know, entrance and exit for different functional groups. So lots of, lots of separation to avoid, um, avoid spread, you know, should that, should that come up. So, you know, and, you know, for our manufacturers whose products, you know, product demand has increased. So this includes a lot of our food and, and pharma companies. Um, you know, they're seeing a, a spike in demand and, and they're doing remarkably well. Honestly, I've, I've been really um, so impressed, um, especially when they have a nice balance of automation. So, you know, we're hearing that the vast majority of, of their management teams are, you know, working from home. Uh, and so a lot of the peripheral activities and uh, have been reduced, like you know, guests in the building, tours, um, all that stuff's been canceled. So they're more productive than ever in some ways, um, which is, is really interesting, right? They, these folks want to get in and they, they see the goal and, 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 and crank away um, and, and the management's out of their hair. Um, but, you know, where there's less automation, I think, and, and lots of, you know, close content labor, I think that that, or contact labor, I think that they're struggling a little bit, right? They have to, you know, at least on those lines, I think there's a variety of these scenarios, even within one company. Um, but in those cases, you know, they've needed to take some more, 
time to adjust. And, uh, but I've been really impressed with how people are pivoting and, and, uh, and adapting. Yes, that, that definitely uh, mirrors what I'm seeing as well. Um, so um, let's let's uh, let's step aside from the COVID nineteen and talk a little bit about your background. Uh, what attracted you to the lead role at the center? I mean, have you found the experience in the last couple of years, maybe accepting the last few months? Yeah, you know, I I came to the center kind of. Um, kind of by accident. Um, I mean, I was, I was looking for, for a new opportunity and, and I found this, this role or it found me, um, you know, I'd worked for so many years in consulting and doing process improvement projects, um, managing teams and especially managing t teams across um, a variety of different industries. And so what was interesting is that the center needed someone who had um, a, a pretty wide uh, and diverse background and, and, and knew um, you know, could kind of come in and help support a bunch of different companies, um, had a, a experience, you know, with, with management and process improvement. Um, and so I, it was an incredible fit and it's been the, the best job I've ever had. I love it. It's made for me or I'm made for it or something. Um, and, you know, I have, I have joked that um, instead of bringing in a big, you know, expensive consulting team, which there is a place for that, um, I get to bring in uh, students and faculty and, and we get to solve some of those same problems, um, but without the, you know, the, the, the consulting um, the consulting firm and, and, and everything that goes with it. So I've, I, you know, I, and I love the time that I, that I did that work and I'm really, I really appreciate um, this sort of new lens on that very similar work. Um, you know, and you what had a great applied learning experience. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. And what a great applied learning experience for the students. Yeah, it is. It's such a good experience for everyone. Honestly, the center makes us all better. You know, we, we're matchmakers. We, we bring the students, um, the faculty, and the member companies together. Um, everyone walks away from that uh, with, with something new and some, some, um, some real benefit. Um, you know, one other thing, too, that makes it a little different from my past um, life and, and consulting is that I'm able to put member companies together with one another, um, and that's not something that we did often in the in the consulting space. Um, and that is a really special thing that happens, like when you can get two people together and and uh, you know two companies that are, you know, you know, we basically we go and listen to uh, the challenges that our companies are facing, and I'm able to put them together with someone that's just overcome a challenge that they're now facing, and and it becomes this real magic where they can learn from people that are living that, and you know, there's lots of people that could come in and, and answer the same question, right? Experts, people that, that you, that you hire to do that, but having this network at their fingertips um, and being able to kind of call on their peers is a really special, um, it's a really special opportunity. And I, I just feel fortunate to, to provide that network and to kind of help uh, foster that for them. That's incredible. So what's next on the horizon for the Center for Operational Excellence? You know, we are continuing to, you know, first of all, we're, we're, um, we're hanging in there now. We've pivoted completely during this time. We do, we do lots of events um, in person. That's kind of our signature offering. Um, people love to, to come and, and again, network. You know, these are a lot of people that, um, that, 
that again collaborate and talk on the phone and then they get together and and uh, we all enjoy a really delicious launch at the Blackwell. Um, so we're missing that, um, but we're, we've been in the meantime putting um, a lot of, of effort in webinars. So we've been doing weekly webinars, trying to bring as much content and value to our members as possible. And that's been really fun, honestly. Like when you, and I see a lot of people going through the same thing, right? There's some silver linings to this, uh, this experience is that we've been, um, pushed to adapt in ways we may not have in the past. Um, so these webinars have been been pretty fun and I think effective and I think we'll continue to do those once uh, once you know this situation clears. Um, so that's that's part of it. I suppose that's part of the, the short term horizon here. you know um, we continue to strategize on membership you know, and who's at the table. So we, as I said, we've got 34 members right now. Um, we don't ever want it to be too big, but we're always kind of keeping an eye out and looking to, to bring in um, new members here and there. And, you know, I'm looking at strategically thinking, you know, do we want a couple of smaller companies? We recently brought on um, a company called Singleton Construction and they've been amazing. Um, we also want to bring on a nonprofit or two, which I think would be a great voice at the table. Um, companies learn an awful lot from one another, even when they're um, in totally different industries. You know, when you when you get somebody that is looking at something from a completely different angle, they learn quite a bit from one another. And so, again, kind of having different voices at the table and different experiences um, there is something that I'm always, you know, trying to look at. So, when you think um, strategy and, and, and the future, that's what I'm always thinking about is how can I make the best um, kind of cohort of, of people to, uh, to share, you know, and collaborate with. Um, we're also looking to roll out a new offering um, called the Operational Excellence Index. So we're in a pilot right now with five of our member companies. Um, and the goal is to measure um, their process performance across um, four kind of key lean systems. So strategy, alignment, um, people development, problem framing and solving, and then daily management. Um, and we're also then looking at not only those four categories, but we're looking at it across three different levels of the organization. So like team members, supervisors, and strategic leads. So we're doing this uh, survey essentially, and, and, uh, and, and, and we're doing it um, over time as well. And, and so it's to better understand the continuous improvement culture at these organizations and provide recommendations related to those systems. So there's a lot that we can tell from, from the results um, so far. It's been fascinating. Um, you know, we, the uh, data that is collected is, is review, reviewed by faculty, you know, people that have done research in this for years. So we're able to kind of lean on the research and then see the, you know, get the, these, um, the findings and reactions and, and input from these member companies and report back to them with recommendations. So that's been really interesting and we're looking to, to do more of that. Um, you know, and in just general, you know, the goal that, that we have is to do good work and, and break even. So we're just going to continue providing um, lots of content and, and uh, events in whatever form that, that may take. Um, but just listening to our members and, and uh, looking to provide them whatever support is, uh, would best serve their needs. I would be really interested in, in uh, hearing about the results of that index when uh, when you're ready to uh, to publish that. And uh, sounds like you're 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 walking the talk. So Kelly, thank you for coming <laughs> on the show. Thank you. It's 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 been a true pleasure. Thank you for taking the time.
Thanks. Yes. Thank you so much for asking me to do this. And I, I've been um, watching the work that you guys are doing and, and, and love it. So thank you so much for including me.